Dell Radio is brought to you by Office Coffee. Tired? At work? Grab your gifted novelty mug and head into the staff kitchen. There's a pot of something black there that tastes like the ashes of a loved one with heady notes of stale pretzels and soil. This ain't made by some fancy pants in an apron and mustache. No, it's made by a new office manager way out of her depth. Office Coffee, it's all we got. Previously on Dale Radio. And you, I gather you, you had a, a bit of a difficult history with showbiz. I have. That's why my show, every year I charge less, going the other way. <laughs> no YouTube presence. And pretty much every time I use Twitter, I lose a follower. So I'm doing something right. <laughs> You've got it figured out. And uh, you, but you were up for the Howdy Doody gig? Yeah, that, I blew that. <laughs> why, they didn't like you? Well, I told them they should call the show, It's Howdy Fucking Doody. <laughs> Oh, you put a little spin on it. Yeah, that's my spin. <laughs> and they didn't like it. Oh, my goodness. Hello, folks. This is Dale, and this is Ed. As I watch some of the trash trucks going out for a late-night journey, going out there to collect from the... Houses and apartments across New York City. I'm reflecting on this, the final episode of season seven of this program. We did another live one, and uh, so get ready for some sweet air conditioning noise and the usual high-fidelity regrets that happen with the live shows. But we did have a great time with it, uh, regardless, uh, and indeed, it's been a great season. Hasn't it? Hasn't it? We talked to puppets, musicians, bedbug experts, breakup experts, Lots and lots of comedians, so many comedians who are probably break-up and bed-bug experts themselves. Let's face it, some of us are hard to get along with, aren't we? Well, I was backstage recently at the Running Late with Scott Rogowski program uh, there at Caroline's. Very nice uh, for Scott to invite me over there, and I come on and, and do the show. Maybe you were there, too. If you were and took some photos, be sure and tag my image so people think that I have a life. But I was there with uh, Craig Robinson. You know him from the Hot Tub Time Machine franchise. Isn't that a wonderful series? What a, what a, what a pal. He had a set earlier of just banging away on his keyboard there, and his brother Carrie that thing around for him. Makes me wish I had a larger family. <laughs> it really does. But Craig, uh, see, this is how comedians are. He stuck around to watch uh, Robert Klein, who was the guest on Scott's show. Craig was just there. He happened to also have the show at, at Caroline's prior to, to Scott's. Well, uh, uh, my bit was before Robert, obviously, on, on Scott's show. And, and, and Robert, do I call him Bob? Somebody must. I won't. Anyway, uh, what do you say to a fellow like Robert Klein, who has done it all and seen it all, and he's been there at the start of so much of what constitutes modern comedy? I mean, I tell you, uh, what I did, I laughed at everything he said. I was just a solid backstage audience member. Were all his jokes hilarious? No, they were not. On stage, killed. But backstage, look, I just wanted to be there to help him warm up, to have some water, stay loose with it. Comedy code, man. Comedy code. Respect your elders. Don't launch into a quiz about the good old days. Stay present. 
That's what they're trying to do. And after my thing and after the show was over, Robert, of course, completely took over and was just rock solid all the way through. Well, we we were all in this tiny little corridor back by the kitchen, you understand. You know how many celebrities have had to walk through that kitchen? That's management asserting its place in the pecking order. That's what that is. Oh, you want to play my club? Well, you got to walk through my kitchen. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure Caroline's a lovely person. The point is, we're all stuffed back in there. And uh, Craig Robinson gives me a handshake. He initiated the thing. I didn't have to ask for it. I didn't have to stand awkwardly close waiting for him to notice me. I'm too old for that. All right? Been in the game too long. So it was a small thing, but it was pretty great for me. And I appreciated the gesture. Because Scott made me take off my shirt for a bit. And look, I did it because, you know, it's no big deal. Done it before. I try not to get uh, caught up in my body issues, even though I had just paid a visit to Mama's Barrows in Times Square pre-show. She's got to be a proud mama, that Mama's Barrow. We're all Sparrows, uh, children of Mama's Barrow. I'll be honest, it's the first time I realized there was a larger Sbarro family tree. Oh, it's such good pizza, though. If you want authentic New York pizza, go to any Sbarro you can find in your local mall food court, or if it's a newer kind of complex with nice escalators and maybe an Apple store or a Saks Fifth Avenue, or you can find the Sbarro uh, near the parking garage or across the street in what used to be a Chevy's. Anyway, seek it out. Very much worth your time. I used to have dreams. I could end the sentence there, couldn't I? <laughs> I did. They were amazing. And I used to have uh, specifically very detailed and elaborate dreams about malls. I'd walk for hours in my dream mall, past seasonal displays, big and tall stores for ladies, and one creepy little toy store that I'd always get tricked into going into. And I'd find myself flipping through rows and rows of disorganized Star Wars toys, trying to find a singular action figure I was after. And I never found it. Now you say, what does it all mean, Dale? And also, stop talking about your dreams. I know it's the worst, but I had to look it up, you see. And to dream about a mall is to dream about decision-making, about converging paths that you have to choose from. Now, I recently watched Interstellar with that McConaughey fellow. By the way, isn't he a handsome spaceman? I think he'd do great up there. I trust him before, and I want to stress, this is not a gender thing. Uh, but I would trust him before Anne Hathaway or Sandy Bullock. I would trust Francine from Great Space Coaster before I put my space life in the hands of Sandy Bullock. No offense, I love turn Miss Congeniality too, but come on. So the last bit of Interstellar, old Matt's floating in some quadridimensional bookshelf or something, trying to communicate with dust. I had no idea, but it was like every part of time was available to him to enter. He had all these endless choices, just like Dream Me does at the mall. You know, all so many shopping choices. Am I going to buy a bird? Impractical, but certainly could be something to do with my old newspapers. Should I start keeping bees? How would I prevent against colony collapse? I don't know. Plus, am I any good at tending to the needs of a queen? Past relationships have proven otherwise. Do I just pop into Hickory Farms outlet for a quick sample? Dale, there has never been in the history of malls a quick trip to Hickory Farms. They have so many different kinds of tiny meat platters. You have to try them all. I'm like the Ash Ketchum in the world of Pokemon meats. The choices that I face, that we all face, are endless. Some days I don't get up. I used to try and get dressed under the covers. That's how much I love being in bed. Once I pulled the microwave over to my bedside table and started making soup lunches in the bed, I realized then maybe I had a problem. 
One problem was depression, and the other with was soup burns. Very bad, scalding all over. So here we are at the end of another season with so many choices. Major studios are interested in translating my story to the silver screen, uh, probably involving a fair amount of CGI work, so perhaps I'll have to head up to see my old friends at Industrial Light and Magic. Literary agents are clamoring to produce my follow-up book to uh, my first one, A Man, A Plan, A Canal, Go On Us. Uh, next one uh, is entitled Fame Adjacent, True Tales from Someone Who Has Been Right Next to Celebrities, But uh, People Never Remember His Name. And of course, all the young people always wanting to involve me with the app development team teams and their web series. I'll probably be in 20 or 30 web series by the time the summer's over. <laughs> but despite all this, my dream state, my waking state, I'm still there standing on the second floor of the decision mall trying to figure out where to go next. So until next season or the next time you see me, I, I want to say thank you for listening to this program. Each season I get a little book and I write some goals in there little little thing that I keep in my in my dresser drawer and I'm so pleased to have reached uh, all of the goals I really did the, the things that I set out to do three major festivals some more press coverage features many more guest spots than ever before what do I have left to complain about did I mention my relationship is heating up anyway yes thank you we'll hopefully be with you again in some form uh, real soon. Now, uh, here's a live show, our last one of the season, with Aparna Nancherla, Emma Wilman, Maria Heinig, and Josh Sharp. I know you're going to enjoy this. And if you do, uh, why not go back and listen to old episodes while you're at the beach house? You have six years to catch up on. I go great with sand. Look at that. Oh, it's beautiful. You even got my toga right. Congratulations. 
congratulations. But now it's just a sad older fellow looking at his indentation in the mattress and kind of tugging at a sheet to pull over his worst parts. Hashtag sad toga. But folks, it's, uh, it's what I was, I was getting up this morning. I got a little text. Don't you enjoy getting texts? I'm sending a number of you mind texts right now. It's wonderful, and I got one from my lady friend. You'll receive it in a couple of minutes, and then you'll kind of have a chuckle. But I got one from my lady friend, who I've just recently started seeing, and it's wonderful to get them early morning. I, uh, <laughs> I tell you, you have a lot of, I know this has been such a great year, there's been a lot of nice press notices about the show. We have the, the time out uh, pick there, and you get one article that says you're, um, Incredible for awkwardness and also wonderfully creepy. Well, <laughs> you're certainly the most attractive podcaster in the room. And that room, of course, is the activity center at the uh, Fallen Branches Senior Assisted Living Facility in Sunnyside, which is where I met her. She's not a resident there, though she is a little bit older than I. But she's not a resident, she's a volunteer like I am. And we... we <laughs> We met, we were wrestling with one of those enormous coffee urns that they have here. But they prefer that you don't call it an urn at the senior assisted living facility. But uh, we have a little bit of fun with that. Anyhow, my advice, of course, with any new relationship is that you take things slow. You don't progress too quickly. Uh, it turns out the other night she was interested. She suggested that uh, we get involved in a little role play. <laughs> Spice things up. Well, uh, in the heat of the moment, the only person that occurred to me, of course, was Wilford Brimley. So I made <laughs> some kind of contraption there, and I find myself just shouting, I have diabetes! You want me to have diabetes? Oh! <laughs> Things got weird from there. <laughs> oh, they certainly did. We're going to get a little bit weird tonight, too. We've got a great show for you. And it's, uh, it's going to be terrific. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about uh, summer. It's great that we've had... Uh, oh, yes. Uh, it's great that we've had seven uh, seasons of this uh, program, somewhat improbably. But I wanted to do something because I promised I would, give a, uh, I would do a giveaway. So we have a very attractive item here. And uh, it's something that I think... Uh, it's a, it's a tote bag, and it says, some, I think this is perfect for podcast listeners, it says, I like boring things. <laughs> uh, of course, a quote from the great uh, Andy Wall. So we're going to give this away to the first person who can correctly identify who our first guests were on our very first live show. That's right, I heard it over here. Uh, congratulations, you have to come up and get it. Unbelievable. Uh, this is great. That's right, it was, uh, here we are. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful, nice to see you. Thanks for being here. Yes, uh, she called it out correctly. I don't know if everybody heard, but it was uh, Jesse Klein and Noah Rothbaum. And Noah Rothbaum, of course, has gone on to write a terrific book about whiskeys and travel all over the world, and he's the expert on the subject. And Jesse Klein just won a Peabody for her work on Inside Amy Schumer. And uh, here I am, <laughs> still, still doing the show in the basement. So we're excited. Everything's coming up live and sweet. 
Speaking of sweet, here's a fellow who's been with us uh, almost every show over these many years. Please say hello to Steve O'Reilly. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Nice. Right. Settle down. That's a wild man here tonight. Hello, there in the balcony. Uh, we've got a great, great time of it. Now, Steve-O, I imagine, of course, uh, you had a, probably a pretty terrific Memorial Day. And then uh, you got your two little kiddos, so you probably got a full summer plan with camp and all kinds of activities. Oh, Dale, I got it. Well, I wish we could talk about it, but we'll have to find time in another show. Would you mind now playing a little sit-down music, though? Something low and slow, uh, like the uh, gathering uh, anger that coalesces behind uh, the person that decides that the perfect moment to check their cell phone is halfway up the stairs, leaving the subway station. Yeah. <laughs> 
I would, I would love to just to be called a moment. <laughs> it's pretty it's worth, it. worth it. Yeah, yeah, a small group of us get together once a year. Mm -hmm. and it's pretty exciting. And what else is he known for? Oh, he was on Roseanne. Oh. And I think he was on a, a, a Fernwood Tonight, of course, so he's oh, well, yes. well known for. And then uh, on various other television programs and things mm -hmm. across the But let's talk about you, Aparna. Okay. You, if I have it right, your trajectory is D.C., L.A., yeah. New York. Yeah, kind but, of a weird route, yeah. Listen, it's the path that we're on. It's yes. nothing weird about yeah. it. It's what we take. Now, in which of those cities were you less anxious? In which one? Uh, I would say L.A. is trying to repress the most anxiety, but I don't know if they're succeeding. <laughs> I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I there's, there. like, there's a big movement there to be like very chill. Yeah. But then the flip side of that is like, if I don't get new headshots, the world will explode. So it's like a give and take. That's right. Yeah. Everything's uh, riding on it all the time. Yes. Yeah. And you're driving places and getting angry and being late. Yeah. yeah. How long did you live there? Uh, I think if you account for traffic, like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Now, did you, you talk a lot about having a, a wonderfully perfect New York moment. Yes. Did you have a similar situation in L.A. that was just absolutely uh, the L.A. moment? Hmm. One time I was sitting in a, I mean, a lot of L.A. is just celebrity encounters. Like, yeah. that's what sticks out to me. Because it's, it's a lot of waiting, and then it's like, I mean, it's occasionally punctuated by seeing someone famous. So I think I was sitting in a cafe and um, there, a table over was Fred Durst. Sure, one of our And friends. a huge posse of people. And I was with a boyfriend at the time and we were just excited that he was still in the game. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I feel happy that some people still have a career. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're assuming by the size of his posse that something's going on in his life. <laughs> yeah. And he's wearing like all white. Yeah. That feels like a statement. That's a good look. Yeah. That's a good look. <laughs> That's a sign of achievement. Yeah, on some level. You don't go out in all white if you're not celebrating something. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I recall uh, my LA moment was serving wine to Warren Beatty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Pretty good. Did, you, was good. It, it, did he select it or did he ask for your recommendation? I will tell you, oh, Annette Benning, his lovely wife, said, I will have whatever she was having and a red wine for Warren. Yeah. And so I said, okay, this is my chance, you know, because you dream about meeting Warren Bailey. That guy's the total package, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, even after all this, they might be handsomer men, but I don't know where they keep them. I know. Oh, this guy's a thing, chisel out of rock. And so accomplished and everything. Oh, yeah. And so I bring over the the red wine, and you know, you think, what am I going to say? This yeah, is my yeah, opportunity. Yeah. And I said, here you go. That's how we do it. <laughs> now, well, who's we? What am I talking about? I know, but it sounded like you delivered it with enough confidence that he was like, yeah. I'll enjoy this wine. Yeah. 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 Did you do that thing where you poured a little and then let him try it? To make sure it's okay. That was not uh, my role. Okay. No, I was merely bringing it from the bar to to. Oh, great. And uh, it was, uh, but you know, that's how you get sometimes. You ever, you, now, that's your world, I know, with celebrities, because you've been on all these great shows and done all the festivals. So you circulate within this world now. Mm -hmm. Have you ever gotten tongue-tied with a celebrity? Tongue-tied? Yeah. 
Tongue-tied, that's, uh, that's the game show. <laughs> is that what, the game show? I don't know, I don't know what tongue-tied is. What tongue-tied is, is if you, uh, you don't know what to say. If you get, uh, oh, do I get tongue-tied? I thought yeah. you said, have you done tongue-tied? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> no, that's Can a, I submit for it? That um, is a thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think I often get tongue-tied in, uh, like, backstage at comedy shows sometimes in L.A. Like, you'll have big names at up-and-comers on the same bill because they have to they have to work out their material somewhere and then I'll always get tongue-tied in green rooms because there's already anxiety about the show and then you know you're like I remember once at UCB I was sitting backstage and I think Zach Galifianakis was had been on the last show so he was still sitting there and it's not even like we had to say anything to each other but I still felt tongue-tied sitting there yeah yeah just awkward. Yeah, but he was nice. He was like, hello, sure. I'm Zach. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. Like, I know who you are, you know? <laughs> but I feel like that's how you can tell someone's down to earth when they, like, still introduce themselves and they're like, I'm the president. And you're like, okay. <laughs> well, now that uh, brings up a couple of things. One, uh, do, you do get anxious, though. Do you get a, oh, you I get so anxious. So anxious. What, what is the worst that that has been? Yeah. Yeah. 
No, no time for controversies. <laughs> time, yeah. No teapot dome and his uh, <laughs> lineup. I love great scandals. I do too. You find them? You like gossip and that kind of thing? I do. I like gossip, in, but I like sort of silly gossip that doesn't actually damage people's reputations, but is just fun to wonder about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for instance. Mm, like. Like what, like what is someone's, you know, the last time someone pooped? Like a celebrity. That, that's like interesting. Like I find that very grounding <laughs> to be like, Kim Kardashian poops. Yeah. Like that makes her just seem more normal. But, but up until that point, you didn't know that she did. Right, or it's never discussed. Yeah. But that might For be obvious it. reasons, but okay. I feel like <laughs> if I remember having an off day and then she's like on a magazine cover, I'm like, well, yeah, but she poops, so. That's <laughs> just how you scan through the magazine. <laughs> yeah. Good little thing to put in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> no. It's a great equalizer, isn't it? It Thinking is. About that, great Not even that it's a thing that we should be shamed for. I just mean it's something that unites us. I feel united with you, Aparna. Yeah. Uh, but now, uh, uh, you, of course, you, you've you been on the Conan show. That must have been terribly exciting. It was. It was and uh, you're going to miss Letterman? I I have to be honest. I never watched a lot of Letterman. I knew him through, like, you know, cultural references and Jeopardy clues, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, well, then. Good riddance. And uh, you, you think that we're going to uh, get some uh, more diversity in late night? I mean, I'm trying. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. You know. I think it'll happen. I think so. You were on the great Kamau Bell show, Totally Biased. It's fun, yeah, thanks. Which is a terrific show, and I miss it. So many great people were involved. Yeah, a lot of uh, very diverse staff and very, like, you know, people had strong opinions on topics that you didn't see on TV a lot, so that was exciting. It was good to see. Yeah. But then FXXXXX. <laughs> I know. They're really? like, you're so diverse, let's put you on a network that you can only watch from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to go out into outer space? I would love to. You know, I just learned that there are people who are on a Mars list. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You thinking of getting on that? I think it's closed as of now, but I don't know. It's a pretty big, uh, pretty big risk. It is a big, it's a kind of one-way ticket, isn't it? It's a one-way ticket, and yeah. it's, you know, it, I think it still, you would be a part of history to be in that first group, but it's like, eh, maybe wait for the second group, work out some kinks. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, you can recycle everything and it's all right. That'll right, be fine. right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, hydroponics, that's what I'm thinking about. Oh, me too, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, you've been opening up for Tig Notaro. I have. I got to open for. I got to open for the New York Comedy Festival this past year, which was really fun. And then I'll be opening for her at her um, HBO taping this Sunday. Tremendously exciting. I met her once and also kind of blew it in the meeting of her. Oh. But uh, it's all right. Tell her I say hi. But her moving that chair across the stage at Conan. One of the highlights of American oh, comedy. So if people good. don't know, she just pushed the chair across the stage, and it oh. was brilliant. Some of the best chair work. Some of the best chair work. She's yeah. really doing it. Yeah. And uh, you've got to you've got to run to a show uh, now. I do, yeah. You've got three shows tonight. Yeah, but this was the first. Well, now you're loose. 
Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what a lot of people say after being on the show. But uh, <laughs> uh, where are you going to go now? Uh, I'm going to the Lori side. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. good, good luck down there. It's yeah. changed. I know. That's what I'm <laughs> it's not what the neighborhood is what it used to be. Are uh, so you going to do a show with Claudia? Is that next, or are you going to do That's cake, third. cake shop? You know Claudia? Sure. Oh, that's great. I love Claudia. Everybody here knows Claudia. I love Claudia, Hogan. Tatter, I say That's great. And where can people find out what's happening next? Uh, you got the album thing, but it's sold out, so there's no point in even going over no there. No point. Even if you buy a ticket, don't go. <laughs> uh, You're nervous about it? You're gonna, it's going to be great. Yeah, but I wanted to push my anxiety until the last second. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah, I wanted to parse it out. But the best, but I'm on the internet, uh, and good the website is that's great. apartmentcomedy.com. There it is. Yeah. That's great. Well, I'm so glad that you could be here too. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Apartment on chair, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Leave the mic there. It's great. Have a great shift. Walk into the office and it would just be one of those alien beasts 
you know, just dripping acid out of its maw all over the keyboard as somebody complains about their missing macaroni salad from the staff kitchen. I wish that your example is not something that I've actually had to field. Uh, <laughs> so I had a coworker email me and ask me if I knew where his sandwich was. There are 90 people at our office. <laughs> it's fucking gone, dude. That's right. <laughs> I love that story so much because that person, what, he depends on you too much? Still believes in Santa Claus, I would presume. Uh, Not labeling them. You put a a Sharpie on a string and say, please label your food. You have to get a lot of notes. Yeah, no, we have the Sharpie on the string, you know. Another thing you can do is just not be a bag of shit and just not other people's food. Like, there's a lot of options. Well, there's that, too. You have some kind of a nefarious element within there that it would be good to root out. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to fix these people, but they're working for money, so I think we all know that we're pretty unhappy. So, I feel like that's why you ate the sandwich. You know what I mean? Because you're, like, not rich. Yeah. Because you're not actually living your dreams. So, you know, fuck Kim and her sandwich. Roast beef sounds good, you know? That's right. But then sometimes I admire those people because they see something they want and they take it. And I I would never do that. And then, you know, where am I left? Not seizing the brass ring. Yeah, well, no, but with this sweet podcast, you've done all right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's wonderful of you to say. But now, I I was reading, because you have such a wonderful blog and everything. Thank you. Now, you uh, were uh, doing a cleanse of some kind. I was. I was doing a 21-day cleanse. There's eating on it, so if you just want to, like, Pull your judgment back just a half inch. Um, it's not one of those juice cleanses. It's not like suicide mission. There's eating on it. You just don't get to eat anything fun. That's all that it is. Right. It's and just you, like, hey, how can you punish yourself in a new way? That's it. Right. And you're, you're tracking your progress. So it's, yeah. a li- it's a little bit like Julie and Julia in reverse. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. right. Like what I'm not eating and I'm tracking it and putting yeah. it out there. And you're moving through it. How long does it last? 21 days. Where are you in the process? Oh, that was April, so I'm done. You're done. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I didn't complete it. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I think I did 12 days of it, and then I had to go to Austin, and I was like, oh, but queso. (laughs) And then I just kind of dove off the deep end and ate so many tacos. Migos, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, see, breakfast. Yeah. Total deal. A couple of short ribs. Yeah, so many. I've been to Austin, man. Oh, I get it. It's like a lot of barbecue <laughs> sauce and regrets. A lot of time. But now one of the things you had to give up was coffee? No caffeine. No tobacco, no alcohol, no caffeine, no soy, no red meat, no dairy. Uh, I mean, I keep going. It does not get better. Well, coffee, coffee would be tough for me. I've turned into one of those uh, people that really just have to have the coffee all the time. Like when you're a kid, you look at the older people and you think, how can you drink that much coffee? Really after dinner? But then I'm the person ordering coffee after dinner and I have become grandfather. It's just very, it's intense. I've got a whole bunch of recipes for the microwave. What's happening to me? It's just something to do. You know what I mean? Like that's what you realize. Like when you do a cleanse, or like people that try to not drink, you know, like anything, you just suddenly realize, oh, I'm just trying to fill the void of figuring out how to make myself stay in this bar for an hour and 45 minutes without running out screaming, being like, I don't have any small talk left. Like, you're just (laughs) looking for something to lubricate your day, like anything. And that's what caffeine is, that's what alcohol is, that's what drugs are, you know, all of the fun things are 
just so that you can figure out how to talk to people without freaking out. I know. Mm. I'm high right now. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> but I do like that someone's excited about getting high. But now, and that, a coffee must be especially hard because, am I right? You're from Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we share that in common. Uh, well, not that I'm from Seattle, but my uh, grandparents met in Seattle and they lived there for oh, okay. a long time. And so I thought, of course, that I would love Seattle and I went there and uh, it was very depressing. <laughs> Just a very depressing place. <laughs> That's, uh, no, that's, that's fair. I mean, I thought you were going to unify us with the coffee element, but it turns out you just want to talk about being sad, which I also get. So <laughs> You've identified um, the core theme of this program. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, what I will say is when I stopped drinking, ca- drinking caffeine, that's, I know a lot of words, yes. and I contradict them. When I stopped drinking caffeine, for the, I, I skipped caffeine for a month, actually. That one I yeah. kept doing. And you don't have any mood swings. And you, you know that groggy feeling when you wake up in the morning and you're just like, oh god, I, like that goes away. The sadness when you wake up doesn't go away because that's not about caffeine. But the the tiredness does. And then you're like, yeah, I just fucking want an espresso. And then you just kind of get over it. And you just move back to your life and nothing's better. So. That's wonderful. <laughs> so beautiful. I remember one of the things that I did enjoy about uh, Seattle, not the throwing of fish, because that, you can only take so much of that, you know, especially if you're the fish. Well, Just this the Pikes Market thing where they throw it. They but, throw uh, fish to each other. My dad knows all those guys. He goes there every day. Oh, yes. Yeah, everybody here has been to Seattle. I'm sure they know. But uh, they, they throw the fish. They say, well, uh, we throw the fish. Then the person catches the fish. Anyhow, uh, the thing that I like is that there's a hotel there next to Nordstrom's, and you can actually buy a shirt and uh, have it altered and then delivered to your hotel room. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's customer service. I agree. Unlike this fellow over here, Darren, at the Staples Copy Center, uh, who took, he told me it would be three hours to print a single 11 by 17 piece of paper. How'd it go? I walked out and I went down to FedEx, a company that will still be in business in a year, unlike this one over here. You ever have something like that that just causes you so much rage, just a simple interaction like that? Most of living in New York, but gets to you, doesn't it? it kind yeah, of bubbles think, underneath there. I think that New York brings out the person you really are. Like you're from somewhere else, which most of us are. You think you're like nice and patient and well-rounded, and you know, if you were to go to therapy, they'd be like, "Man, you're fine. You can probably just leave." And uh, then you move to New York, and then you find out um, you're probably one of the more terrifying people that you've met. And uh, therapist actually wants to see you twice a week. So it's, uh, yeah. Well, also, that would be a bad therapist that says, no, you're fine. Because I mean, sure. They, they, need, they need to make the money. It'd still too. be a nice feeling. Even if it, it would be. Nice. It would be. I think you're fine. I like winning. You know what I mean? No, and so I it's hard to not win. <laughs> That's what therapy like, should be about. You have all these issues. And it's it like, should be about winning. You have all these issues. What do you know, person? Alan? What? <laughs> But you're having fun doing the comedy. It's a good release. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love comedy. I think um, it's really hard. You know, it's hard, and art is hard, and absolutely, and all that shenanigans. Like we're trying to make money at art. I guess you can just do art. You can just be in your apartment doing art. I guess. But um, if you want to like get recognized for it. <laughs> Get stuff. Um, you always start a podcast. Yeah, I, you know, I'm very, very lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> very 
jokes and tell them to adults at my parents' like parties. And I watched tons of stand-up, but I just never registered any of it until I started like doing comedy. And then I was like, oh, I was like supposed to be doing this. You know, it's just no one, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> and then I like got the memo, you know. That's, my, a good, that's a good feeling. Yeah, no, yeah, it's great. It's um, it's there's there's nothing like performing rush wise. I Absolutely. think it's uh, you know, even you guys just sitting here politely, even if you laugh at nothing, you fucking watched me. So we're all part of it. You know, we're all part of it. <laughs> Moving you further. I don't know if strippers feel like that, but that's how I. <laughs> I don't know what strippers. Thanks for watching. But uh, now, uh, <laughs> you you got any plans for the summer? Gonna go to camp or something? Go to camp. You know, uh, they won't let me enroll again. They said you have to be under 16. But um, I, uh, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to Governor's Ball next Friday. Yeah, great. Right. Sure, lots of people here going. Yeah. We're huge uh, Drake fans, but I'll be pregnant with his child in about a week. It's uh, pretty quick. Yeah. Well, you know, I just like to make it happen. Um, That's what totally life is, isn't like it? Winning. I'm gonna be in Seattle uh, in July. I'll be about a month pregnant with his child at that point. Um, you know, just some comedy yeah. all over the place. I'm going to be in Schenectady if you guys like upstate New York. Ooh, uh, we have a lot of big fans. Hot show next hot Saturday, show. May show. 30th, Schenectady. Don't know the name of the theater, but if you want to listen to me talk for another 30 minutes and you're up there for no reason, uh, that's the thing you can do. I'm opening for uh, Brooklyn Poplin, who's a very funny comedian. She's terrific. Yes. That's great. Well, good continued success in everything you do. Can you stick around? You, you can much. now, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I can okay. indeed. Yeah. Maria Heineck, everybody. Maria, yeah. thank you. Is he tour with the church or the, no? No, 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 no. He, is, he does play bluegrass though. 
Oh, that's that's lovely. Where did you where did you grow up? I grew up in North Carolina. North Carolina. And uh, what uh, uh, church were you a part of? Well, back then I was at we were in the Presbyterian Church. Isn't that a nice one? I think it is a nice one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah they're fairly gentle. Yeah, they they were gentle. It was it was a fine experience, yeah. really. Yeah. And uh, you miss it down there? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there's like parts of, there's enough things I like about it to want to be there for a few days, but I don't want to live there really. Sure. And there, uh, there are areas that are lovely, you know, but if I were waking up in North Carolina every day, I, you know, couldn't do it. Living couldn't nightmare. Do it. Well, maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and you said you played the guitar. You still play the guitar? I still, yeah, I still play the guitar. Uh-huh. What was your, what was your genre? Were you interested in the bluegrass, the country songs or no? Back in high school, well, I started playing piano because I, like in middle school, I would play piano and then immediately was very into Ben Folds. Do you remember Ben Folds? Yes. He was like making really valiant attempts to make piano cool. So for a while, I would just be like a kid, like trying to slam his piano and play those songs. Then I picked up a guitar because you can't, uh, pianos aren't portable. Yeah. You know? So then I started playing the guitar for a little while and then mostly would play like, you know, like awful Dave Matthews songs and stuff. (laughs) So all Dave Matthews. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Poor guy. Are you just, Stevie, are you just going off the cuff or are you like playing riffs? Yeah, there you go. This is all precisely timed. Yeah. (laughs) He's still around. Did you know this? I had a friend that that I'm friends with on the Facebook now who this week shared a Dave Matthews video. Which one was, I mean, I know, I guess he's still around, but I was more surprised that I'm friends with anyone who, in the present era, <laughs> shares Dave Matthews' video. And not an old one, like, remember Trip and Billy's, was like, look, he was on Seth Meyers this week or something. Yeah. Who knew? Sell out. you got to have a long career. Yeah, you got to. Well, you have to. He's like old Freddie Durst. He's like old Freddie Durst. Yeah. Oh, not like Robert Durst, but like... Uh, <laughs> Who also looks good in white, by the way. Oh boy! Uh, but um, but who? Now you've been doing comedy though uh, for how long? I guess I did it in college, and then ever since I've been in New York, which is like six years. I'm almost on my six-year New York anniversary. Good for you! Congratulations! How long have you lived in New York? Uh, I've been here uh, seven years or so. Word. Yeah. You said word. Uh, no, I said wow. Oh wow! Yeah. I yeah. said wow. But wow, word would have word. also been equally <laughs> applicable. <laughs> so. I'll you know, viewer's choice, really. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm down with it. Uh, but uh, you uh, perform with this fellow, Denny. Yeah, I have a friend named Matt that we perform together a lot. Denny um, and Sharp. Is yep, that's usually what we're billed as. Yeah. Every, you gotta, everybody has to have a brand. Does that hurt you, know? you though, that you're second? No, 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 not no, at all. That's okay. Not at all, not at all. I think it's more the musicality of it. Yeah. Denny and Sharp sounds better to me than Sharp and Denny. Yeah. Sharp is sort of harsh, isn't it? You don't want to leave with that. That's the punch at the end, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I, per- I performed with him for a few years, and I have a friend named Aaron I perform with sometimes. But we don't have a fancy name for ourselves, so maybe we need one. Oh, I think so. Right now we just do this show called Fucking Identical Twins. And people have taken to usually sometimes calling us that, which I want to make. Well, no, 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 that's just one show. But I guess we got to pick a name and round them off in the past. Pretty good. Brand yourself or they'll brand you, Dale. You know? This is when I learned at the learning annex. We're all very brave. But uh, now uh, you went, uh, this fellow or other people have made a series of web videos and things that people can check out. But some of them are very bizarre, very weird. Yeah. Uh, perhaps influenced by the Twilight Zone. Well, what isn't? 
Absolutely. Isn't there that idea that every story is either like Casablanca or the Twilight Zone? <laughs> There's like four story modalities that everybody's reiterating. Pretty sure Probably. one of them is the Twilight Zone. Probably. Yeah. Were you a lonely kid? No, I don't think so. Wow, we're getting to it. I was like, uh, I wasn't really a lonely kid. I think I mostly made friends so I wouldn't have to confront my own latent homosexuality, so I was pretty popular but conflicted, you know? <laughs> that, uh, it took a while for you to, to get to... Yeah, it took a hot minute. It took a hot minute. Because uh, I grew up in like a little town you wouldn't visit unless you were playing crash there, so you know, there was like zero gays. So like, I had to like move on from that chapter and be like, oh, that's what I was, you know? But now everything's great. Oh, yeah. I mean, New York's the best city in the world to be gay. I don't know why anyone straight lives here, to be honest. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, really? God, <laughs> God bless us all. Well, uh, do you ever, uh, you know, we were talking about this uh, uh, anxiety, and we were talking about rage and body uh -huh. issues, all the great themes of this season, uh -huh. really. And uh, do you, you suffer from any of those kind of things? I don't get too... I don't, I don't get too rageful or anxious, but I did start to see a therapist recently just because. You felt obligated to? Being Honestly, sort of. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do feel like it's in the air. But I have found it to be, I mean, I get anxious sometimes, but it's not, I don't feel too bad about getting anxious. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the things that really make, because you asked that of, of you, of what makes you angry, and I was trying to think of it, because I don't get, I feel sometimes already like, I'm, most of the time I have that sort of dad mentality of like I'm disappointed more than angry. So I don't find that there's a lot that like is rage inducing. In yourself or in other people? <laughs> I just find a lot of times like things that should make me mad. Instead I just go like, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Rather than like, fuck you. I don't feel fuck you very often. Yeah. I get a little bit of anxious, not too much rage though. But if I ever get that way, I'll tell you what I'll do is put on a little bit of uh, the soundtrack from When We Were Kings, the boxing movie. Sure, of course, everyone. Or a, a little bit of pan flute. Because yeah. something about, like, Lauren Hill rapping over Zamfir. <laughs> perfect. That is absolutely perfect. That is my happy place. That's where I can recalibrate and reset, much like going to those massage islands at the airport. Massage islands? Oh! You know those places? Yes. I saw in Union Square today a man, a man, like a... A masseur entrepreneur who has just had his own table in the middle of Union Square, and much in the way that people are soliciting chess games, was like, buddy, you want a massage? As people walked by. Yeah, entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, an entrepreneurs. <laughs> and it was like 85 degrees today, and he, yeah. was, he had not moved it in the shade, so I felt like I needed to intervene almost and be like, well, you got a few business practices that are not totally <laughs> flying right now. You ever... One, you're a stranger asking to touch other strangers. Two, you want to be paid for it. Three, you're in the sun. But I would put three. I would put sun as the third of his worries. That <laughs> him soliciting stranger touch and asking to be paid for those services were probably the biggest issue. Yeah, neck, neck and neck for me. Yeah. And <laughs> do you ever go to those uh, places at the airport? The ones. The no. I've gotten massages at like. I wanted to say real places, so that already shows my sort of inherent bias. But I've not done any of the ones at the airport. Well, I'd like they to all are by the same company, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what it's Do you know what I mean? They're like always yeah. brand
branded the same thing. It's like yeah. Voyage Spa or something, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. But it's about 40 bucks, and if you, I don't know if you ever splurge on yourself on anything. Oh, I love it. It's uh, great. Well, maybe together we can take a trip up to Syracuse or something, and we'll stop by. Sure. And we'll get a little massage. Sure. Now, do they, in the airport, do that, is it a human that does it? It's not a machine. Oh, no. No, it's a human. Yeah, <laughs> okay. sure. Yeah. Okay, good. You have to chip, tip generously, too. Oh. You think more generously in the airport than in... Other spaces because it's well, international. I go to the airport. I'm ready to spend some cash. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know, of course. You so, better be. I'm already in that mode. Dims the rules, you know. <laughs> and uh, now this is exciting because you're going to join us. So we're going to do a big show at uh, Ant Fest. We're going to do a big show at Ars Nova, and Josh is going to be Nova, which is a lovely space. Lovely space. He's going to be on the bill. It's our uh, tribute. Second version of this, a tribute to Lawrence Welk called "Wonderful, Wonderful." That's so going to be. Wonderful. I'm so excited. You're going to. I really be on do that. like Lawrence Welk too. My grandmother tapes it. And so yeah. I, I remember being like young and watching it on old VHS tapes. I tape it every week now. Of course, <laughs> yeah, sure. The new ones are great. He hasn't lost a thing. Yeah, still going. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. Tales no, from it's the really, uh, it's really wonderful. It's really wonderful, wonderful that you're going to be part of that. So that's uh, that's terribly exciting. What do you got coming up? You're going to do your musical show again? Yeah, fucking identical twins plays at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Chelsea. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do that. Josh Sharp Sings show, which I don't really sing that much as, at Union Hall again in August. That's great. Well, Those we'll, are things to look we'll out look for, for, I guess. That. That's terrific. Josh Sharp, everybody. Hey, thanks, gang. Thank you. Scoot down. Here we go. As we hurdle towards the end of this season and bringing up our final guest. Of, of our seventh season. This is tremendously exciting. Now, she's somebody that's been on every single one of those funny, you should know, funniest ladies, get to know her, uh, have her over to your house list that's out there. And uh, uh, she's uh, been a great host. Stand up. Let's bring her up. Emma Wilman, ladies and gentlemen. Emma Wilman. Emma, how are you? Just off, I sound like this because I have allergies. Okay. So I don't want people thinking, this is how I sound. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't know any different. But really? Okay. Yeah. Uh-oh. But I, ha- I haven't listened to, <laughs> That's not a good to all of your tapes. Okay, well, I will right admit, now I think I, I maybe I just hear myself weird. It might sound weird to you because you have, you're suffering from the allergies. I'm, I'm really suffering from the allergies. It's the pollen and as well as the grass pollen yes. coming together. It's, it's one big, uh, yeah, it's tough. I have the same thing. I'm heavily medicated right Me now. too. <laughs> I don't know where I am. Um, but I know where I grew up. I grew up in Maine. Um, boom. I grew up in Maine. I grew up in a tiny town called Blue Hill, Maine. I don't know if you're familiar with Maine, but it's up near Bar Harbor. Yeah, so are you uh, inland or are you on the coast? I'm on the coast. I see. And so you feel the call of the sea? Yes. If I am not in a place where it's like even kind of proximity in some way to water, I feel a little anxious or landlocked. Yeah. So I grew up pretty close to the water for sure. A lot of eccentric characters up there, aren't they? Oh, man. There was a guy, uh, and I was just looking into eccentric characters in Maine because someone wanted a reality show on Maine personalities. <laughs> so I was kind of digging one, one around. One person did. One person did. Uh, homeless guy yelled at me on the street. Um, no, one person wanted main personality, so I dug around and I found this guy who calls himself Captain King, and he brings sheep across Maine, and that's, he's just a total lunatic, and he brings sheep all over Maine. That's his thing, that's what he does, not for profit. 
he abandons the sheep once he gets I don't know. I didn't look. I was like, how do I find this guy? And they go, uh, that's too weird for what we're looking for. So this person, I mean, was too weird for reality TV. But what happens to the sheep? I don't know. Uh, well, we got, maybe that could be the show. Boy, I'm intrigued. I am too. Uh-oh. <laughs> Making fun of it, but now I am curious about this. You're right. And how many sheep and why sheep? Is it a different set of sheep? Where does he find right. the sheep? How does he replenish the stock? Does he make sweaters out of the thing? Oh, God. Oh, no. The greatest reality show of all time is slipping through my hands. <laughs> we got to hunt a man. we gotta, we got to go find the sheep man. I think we got to find it. Uh, and uh, but you've been uh, you perform every night, is that right? Yeah, I actually um, recently I've been trying to be a little bit better about you know taking a night off here and there. I started dating someone, which has helped me uh, take a night off. You know, helps you take much. a night off. Yeah, because <laughs> nice you know you wanna you wanna see the person you're with. Sure. I've been with other people, but I didn't want to see them. And and I'm with someone now, and it's nice to see. I, I enjoy their company, so. Um, you know, every now and then. Yeah, you choose to be with them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you'll find a nice balance for that right. to work out for you. Yeah, it's not easy at all to do that. It's not easy to date someone who is busy at night. And not just, so you're not just busy at night, you're mentally preoccupied. You're always, always thinking about it. Always coming up with the singers. And you guys okay relationship-wise? Things going well? Hopefully. Yeah, we're doing great. Yeah, they're, 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 these two are celebrating. I'm glad to see them. Thousands of years. Yeah, we've got a great It's amazing. we got magic haircuts. Terrific. Terrific. The cleanse. Uh, now, um, and you do a lot of college shows and things, too. Those I do. I, so this year, I this was my first year doing colleges. I think, actually, I in the first month that I had done stand-up, some guy booked me for a show at, Univers- at a Holy Cross school in Worcester. Are you familiar with that? It's, it's a religious Worcester, school. Worcester, sure. Not so, Holy Cross, though. That's but, a religious school. Very, but I had been doing stand-up about a month. Perfect. So I, it was a ridiculous situation. He just put me in the cafeteria, and it was awful. And then <laughs> let's fast forward a couple years. Uh, last October, I did some NACAs, which when you're, you showcase National Association of Campus Activities, and you showcase at these things, and college kids are there, and then you start, you kind of get into the circuit that way. So this year, been I've been back in some cafeterias, to be totally honest. <laughs> in Worcester. I was like, oh, I've come full circle of hell. But here we are, fried chicken for everybody. That feels good. Good lighting up there. Yeah, but I do a good, I do a good amount, so... It's a good way to work on building a longer set. Yeah. You know? And uh, you do anything for this long weekend? We just had a long holiday weekend. You Were, were you away doing anything uh, notable? Yes, I was. Oh, good. But I don't know if it was notable, but I was away. Well, were you? I feel, I always feel like I'm, I'm, because it's an interview, I feel rude like I'm not asking you anything, but this is how it's supposed to be. No, don't ask me okay. anything. All right. I feel like a bad date. Um, it is a little bit of a bad date. Right. <laughs> That's not my way. It's actually pretty good, all for. I've been on. I've dated a lot of strippers. Better than most. Um, but you did a lot of strippers. Yeah, I just tried a little at it. Yeah, yeah, it is true. But not anymore. No strippers in 2015. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good life. Yeah. Thank God. Thank you so much. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, <laughs> not a lot right with it either. But so this weekend, <laughs> and I, I'm working on my 80 day. Yeah. But this weekend. I went away. I went. I, I tried to combine my relationship with a with going away. So I booked some shows at an Italian restaurant in Worcester. 
there, they have a comedy club. Yeah. So I was gonna go there Friday and Saturday and have my, my girlfriend come stay with me at my family's place in Cape Cod, but I screwed the whole thing up. Everything I screwed up. I didn't tell her I had shows on Friday and Saturday. I just assumed she thought that, so we get there, what do you mean you have shows? I thought you knew. So the shows are out in Worcester. We get Friday, the show happens, not the greatest, because no one's there, because they're all spending time with their family. Cape Cod and Worcester not close. Not even that close. I was trying to finagle the whole thing. Everything went to, everything didn't work out. And then Saturday, I get to Worcester. She comes with me. We we rush. She's like, she's like, everything will be okay if we can just have a nice dinner. So we're eating dinner. I'm rushing it because I'm like, I gotta get to the show. We get there. Boom. Show's canceled. Ouch. Then I gotta drive all the way home with allergies imploding my face. Real rough. But I tried. It wasn't very romantic, though. Do you get points for trying? I don't think I did. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. No. Uh, I tell you, I went to spend a little bit of time with some relatives. Nice. Uh, down in Pennsylvania, and I, I, they put me up in the guest room, which is fine. I, I stayed there before, and it's nice. And I got up there, and I noticed that on the bedspread is a very noticeable blood stain. Oh God. So I, I, I said to the to the to the relative, I said, what, "What's with the what's with the blood? The blood stain here? <laughs> not, not to be a bother, but." And he said, "Oh well, those all came from a uh, from an elderly uh, person upstate, and uh, <laughs> we we put them on the bed, and we noticed there was a little note in there that said, look out for blood stains.' So this person knew about the blood and just assumed we'd be cool with it." This is what I'm saying. If you find, if you open a box and you come across a note that says, look out for bloodstains, you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? Put it all back in the box and put it out on one yeah. of those funeral pyres Absolutely. like they have in Game of Thrones. I'm just set the thing on fire. Yeah. I'm not going to put it on the right. bed. Right, it's not like, oh cool, look out for the blood, found it, boom, you're done. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm not looking for bloodstains. That's the warning to pack up the box and put it away, not so invite them. I left them a very nasty review on their Airbnb page. <laughs> what else could I do? This is Airbnb? Well, it was a relative, but I feel like if they ever do do any Airbnb, <laughs> I should just let them know. But speaking of bloodstains, you've been involved in a number of like uh, crime uh, shows, Yes, right? you've done great research. I'm extremely impressed. Thank you. You play a kind of detective character. So I just played a detective on a show called True Crime, and I was a murderer on a show called Deadly Affairs, oh. and and I killed someone, I shot them, fake blood everywhere, just yeah. all over, everywhere, and then um, I killed myself. So, blood all over from killing them, blood all over from killing me, and the bloodiest thing of the whole thing was the day we had the shoot scene, yeah. you know, they great makeup, you just get, you get it looks real. Yeah. I had a gunshot wound, quote unquote, back of my head, Go back to my, all the makeup gets washed off. I forgot about the, like, blood coming out of the back of my head. I go to the hotel and the concierge is like, uh, excuse me, is everything all right? And I was like, why do I, have a, do I have a gunshot wound in the back of my head? And he was like, well, it looks like it. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to be an actor. It's, you know, yada, yada. Have a good night. And left it at that. Classic. Yeah, lots so look of look out for bloodstains in that hotel room. Yes. Uh, but, uh, well, I thought it would be, I think you'd make a great detective. I appreciate that. I really do. Thank I you. see you as that. And I always started thinking maybe I could guest on there. You As a cool. kind of, you know, Columbo type for that sure. you'd call in <laughs> out of retirement to come and help. And then I started thinking, well, this would be great if it took place in Maine. And the whole show was called Vacation Land. Ooh. 
where murder never uh, takes a day off. That's Something fantastic. Like that. And we could be involved, and Josh, you could sing the theme song. Yeah. And Maria, you could be the first suspect that was there. And you yes. run an organic and blueberry the, stand. The captain could wrangle all those sheep. Oh, and it, yeah. there would be sheep always in the background. And probably this would be the opening line would be like, it would be a fisherman pulling up the lobster trap, but then you see the body in it. And somebody that's not a lobster. Nope. You know, and that's what they would say. And then uh, Steve will probably be the one that did it. Brilliant. Sold. I love it. I think you'd be great. Silent, I think you'd be great. Silent killer. And a partner would be the body. Of course. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say yes. Where is she? Where is she? But that sounds tremendously. Could we do that? Could we pitch that to somebody? Let's, let's, well, I'm, I'm trying to get better about writing up. You know, you've got to write little things called one-pagers so we could try. I'm not good at it. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's do it. I think people would be excited about it. I'm excited. Judging from the response. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) That would be great fun. And uh, you enjoy hosting and doing those kind of things as well. Yes. Yeah. And you did a a couple of shows with Louis Anderson? Well, I did my live at Gotham with Louis Anderson. He He hosted that show. So they bring in, it's a show on Access TV, they bring in a celebrity guest host. And he hosted that show. And he was so nice. And he was a little bit different on stage than off, as a lot of comics are. But off stage, he was like a very, he was very shrewd. He was very nice. He gave me some advice. He he gave me some notes on a joke, which is very nice. Pretty great. Very nice. Uh, But he was, he he, he was very shrewd. Like he swore. And that took me back. Because he doesn't swear in his comedy. Uh I think the line was... I'm not a fucking idiot. To make it in this business this long, you know, you can't be dumb. And I, hello. Yeah. Really brought it to he, he, he brought the heat in our conversation. I was like, yeah, whatever you say. But he was really a nice guy. That's great. And you got some lot of shows coming up? I got a good amount of shows coming up. Trying to, trying to hustle, get, you know, trying to, trying to push it. Live your life. Yeah. And where can people find you online? My website is emmacomedy.com but it's that for kind of a screwed up reason okay so I used to drink a lot yeah and I got really drunk one night and I bought emmawilman.com emmawilmanlive.com I bought every every variation of Emma Wilman and then I was so drunk I forgot you know the password to get in I forgot everything so I went to then buy it sober and I, I don't drink really anymore Went to buy it sober, they go, it's already taken. And I got a little flash of me just wasted at the computer, like cackling like a maniac. And I was like, oh, I took it, didn't I? <laughs> so now I have Emma Comedy because I can't get into, I blocked myself from being successful at that. So, so don't drink is the lesson. Yeah, so don't get drunk and buy webs. I don't know how I, you know, pulled that off, but Emma Comedy. Emma Comedy. We'll check it out. Emma Thank Wilman, you. ladies and gentlemen. Guys. How about that? Terrific. Well, that's it. That brings us to the end of season seven, and what a time it has been. How about a round of applause for all the guests? For the
going to be lashing my empty whiskey bottles together to fashion an impromptu uh, improvisational catamaran that I'm then going to sail across the Gowanus and enjoy the summer months. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Thanks everybody for being here. Thank you. Dale Radio is produced and performed by James Bewley. Musical direction by Steve O'Reilly. Season 7 podcast theme composed and arranged by Emily Danger. Season 7 podcast icon by illustrator Louis Chin. Posters for the season have been designed by Annie Carbo, Claire Prouse, and James Boyle, among others. Live shows happen every month at the pit in New York City. Be sure and find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or SoundCloud. And if you do, locate us and listen to us and enjoy the program. Rate and review us, won't you? We hope to see you out there soon. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all the rest. Thanks for listening. You're the best.